You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! I know your fears. I know your weaknesses. I know you better than you know yourselves. Savitar's still out there. I'll be ready. You will feel my wrath. The wrath of Savitar. Please tell me you're seeing him. Oh, I see him. another episode of the legendary flashing arrows of tomorrow where each week glenn and i sit down to discuss the dc triple shot on the cw hello glenn are you prepared to discuss the mid-season finales of all of these programs are you ready to take a break or are you kind of sad that they're going away a little bit um i mean i'm fine with it i'm fine with a break i just wish that break wasn't going to end the same time that we're going to have to start doing a better call saul Yes, sir. I'm excited. Well, I mean, I'm super excited. You know, to bring up a conversation off air, that might be the other trailer we find. Oh, Better Call Saul? <laughs> yeah. I, I would eagerly, I would eagerly await and applaud said trailer if it, if it's, uh, if it's released. It feels like that show has not been on for five years. I, I know, it's ridiculous. It's so long in between seasons, but, hey, whatever, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. I'm gonna be happy to do it, so, um... Yeah, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, all going to return starting January 24th. So we're getting a little bit more than a month's break. But I don't know about you. Maybe I'm I'm tipping my hand a little bit here, a little too much. But I feel like we went three for three with episodes this week. Yeah, they were all pretty solid. I was pretty happy with all three One of them was significantly weaker than the others, but it wasn't terrible. Sure, sure. I would, I would, I would agree, but on the on the curve, on the grading scale, <laughs> the curve, it's fine. Yeah, it was, it was very good. All right, so let's start with the Flash season three, episode nine. Mid season finale begins with the present. Uh, so we have Barry asking Jay Garrick for help against Savitar, and he does so by assisting Jay in stopping his Earth's version of the Trickster, which is Mark Hamill looking way more jokery and acting kind of way more jokery than, mm-hmm. than usual. It was for like one scene, but it was great. It was totally worth it. And I'm sure we'll mention it some more. Uh, the two heroes locate and defeat Alchemy and return his weapon to its box, causing Savitar to disappear before he has a chance to kill Jay. Discovering Julian to be Alchemy, Barry reveals his own identity to him to get further information. Julian relates how he located the Philosopher's Stone in a flashback uh, earlier in the episode, which revealed that not only is Julian a CSI, not only is he alchemy, not only is he Draco Malfoy, but he is also Indiana Jones. Uh, So he did this following a vision of his dead sister. No, he's just the, uh, 
He's the the one that gets his face melted in Indiana Jones. He is. That's exactly. Except except his face on got figuratively uh, destroyed. Like uh, instead, it was his, his sense of self or his ability to control his body. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he goes looking for the philosopher's stone in a vision of his dead sister, uh, and that he was having blackouts ever since. Savitar manifests through Cisco using visions of his dead brother Dante, and fights Barry and Wally. But Caitlin manages to convince Cisco to close the box. The team communicates with Savitar through Julian, who claims that Barry in the future will imprison him. He also says that one teammate will betray them, another will fall, and a third will suffer a fate worse than death. I believe that would be watching seasons three and four of Arrow on a loop, I think. <laughs> uh, trying to, or, or watching Gotham, perhaps, although Aaron claims it's gotten better. Uh, trying to end Savitar's threat, Barry and Jay throw the box into the Speed Force, but in the process, Barry is accidentally thrown five months into the future and witnesses Savitar killing Iris West. Jay advises Barry that the future is not fixed uh, and no, and, and basically in a line straight out of Back to the Future, no one man should know too much about his own future. Wally is given his own kid flash uniform for Christmas. Julian gets Barry's job back for him and Barry rents a new apartment for himself and Iris. What did you make of the present, Glenn? I really liked it. Which is, by the way, a great play on words because it was very Christmassy. Yeah. But this also kind of deals with the future as well. Fun wordplay. Yes. Oscar Wilde-like. Uh, continue with your thoughts. <laughs> no, it was good. I mean, uh, I don't, you know, we keep talking about it. I think I sent you that meme from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and that's kind of mm-hmm. how this episode felt. Drinking and smoking a pack of smoke, so it's about <laughs> it's about how I felt at the end. I needed a drink and a pack of smokes. I didn't want to see Iris die. No. And, uh, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> and you had their cute little moment before that. I mean, it's just, man, they really are handling this sappy shit well. They sure are. Yeah, and then, oh, like, the whole thing with, uh, with Cisco seeing Dante and stuff, like, you know, that was, I like that part, and you know, Caitlin got to had to talk him down from ledge. Like they do good, they do a good job of their callbacks and flipping of roles. Um, you know, teach one another lessons so that they grow as a team together. Um, and then, yeah, just the whole stuff with uh, with Wally West. He's getting antsy. It's gonna happen. He's he gonna dead. die unknowingly on accident. Yeah. So. so, do you figure it's him, he who dies instead of Iris? Somebody else is dying. It's not gonna be Iris. Yeah, I think he dies just because of, um, I mean, that's kind of what happens in some stuff. Because the thing is, like, with Wally West, yes, it's weird that they're performing it. He's, like, becoming faster than Barry. Um, but he is actually the slowest of the speedsters. So hmm. there may come a time where they have to run side by side, like what him and Jake Garrick did. And his speed is not going to keep up, but he's going to keep going, and then he will die. Yeah. Uh, he will pretty much what happens like to the mirages and stuff is essentially what happens or he could be the one that portrays him which uh, to me it just i think they do a pretty good job about the red herrings you know even though you know we knew it was gonna be tom felton like i'm glad that it wasn't like he knew yeah he's not evil really yeah yeah he's not and you know 
Yeah, he's not the bad guy. Per se. I thought that was no. kind of neat that they had like Savitar speaking through him, that kind of deal. I, I kind of liked that. Yes. Um, he he's not even a peon. He really is just a puppet Agreed. for him to who, be a puppet master to others. Who do you think? Oh, was it? It's die, fall, and betrayal. Betrayal. Um, betray. I really think it's gonna be Caitlyn Snow. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it'll be Kid Flash who does I know the. Him. I wonder if it'll be the. Well, I mean, Kid Flash can't die and suffer a fate worse than death. I'm like, I wonder if one of them will be... Because uh, he does say another will fall and a third will suffer a fate. So it's presumably three members of the team. Something will happen to them. But I was like, you know, I wonder if... Because we do know that, like, uh, speedster... Like, there's a, there is a way where you could, like, not die. Like, what happened to uh, the rival, I think it yeah. was. Uh, where he turned into that thing that I've now forgotten the name of, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like that could be the face, the fate worse than death. Maybe that could happen to Kid Flash. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you know, like he'll probably get stuck in the Speed Force. Right. It could be Cisco who betrays them. I mean, he has seemed fairly manipulatable lately. Yeah. The only reason why I say Caitlyn is I don't think so much. It's like a knowing betrayal mm-hmm. it's a she's going to betray them because what she thinks is ultimately good like her getting rid of her powers and making sure that she doesn't you know hurt anybody but in right. fact is going to be there's unforeseen consequences to those right. something we'll talk about in the uh, uh, in an upcoming episode Wally, Wally uh, West Wally West can totally die um, Joe West cannot die just because I, damn, I, I love him, damn. I love him too much, and he's the best actor on the show. And Iris West <laughs> can also not die. Uh, Wally West is totally—he's uh, not—he's not needed because we've already got the Flash, and you just—you just—you just really don't need two of them at the same time. I don't think so. I'm feeling like he's got to be the expendable one. I don't know what the fate worse than death is. Hopefully that will happen to H.R. Wells, though. I'll be happy if that happens to him, whatever the fate yeah, is. Yeah, but the, I mean, it is kind of funny that we just get a different Wells every season. Like, yes. it is. I do kind of like it, but... That's probably going to become... It's got to be like a running gag, right? That'll just be every yeah. season will be a different Wells. Yeah, it um, is funny. No, and, 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 it, and it is. Uh, so he's the... that's it, He's got to be the red herring for the betrayal, right? Like, he seems like the obvious one who would betray them. Yeah. So it probably won't be him. I mean, I kind of wish that it would be like, uh, it, or because what, what uh, Aaron and I were kind of surmising or whatever on our little group chat, mm-hmm. and it would be like Kid Flash would go with Jesse Quick, which, oh, we don't, then Harry, the other, this season two, doesn't need to look out for, or no, was he season, yeah, he was season two. Yeah. He doesn't need to look out for Jesse anymore because now there's two speedsters together. And he can come onto the show to replace the bad HR. Yes. So. Um, Not that I hate this HR. It's fine. It's just I really did grow. I, I, did, I grew accustomed to liking the other one. I thought he balanced out the cast better than. Earth 2, Harrison Wells, yeah. Than this one. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, I had my fun little freak out about how Draco Malfoy was obsessed and obtained the Philosopher's Stone, which, yes, the Philosopher's Stone in Legend is the basis for alchemy, not the person, but the actual act of alchemy or practice thereof. 
uh, how you can turn it into gold. But uh, I, I didn't care, Glenn. I just thought it was hilarious that the villain of a Harry Potter uh, franchise was, in fact, uh, smitten with this uh, the idea of this Philosopher's Stone, which uh, I believe was only called the Philosopher's Stone on certain books. Like, maybe in the UK it was the Philosopher's Stone or something like that. Yeah, the US is what got Sorcerer. Yes. Because they thought we there, wouldn't get it, which to me is kind of insulting, because... Yeah, and then and then some people got really upset about it uh, because they thought it was too witchcrafty or satanic or something. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I was uh, and the movie, of course, was Sorcerer's Stone. As I mean, well, yeah, but... if they brought it into Sorcerer's Stone, and that might, that means we get a crossover with Jafar. Totally worth it. But they never did that. I so. thought it, and you, and I, I love that they just think the Americans and like. I don't think they know what philosophers are. We're gonna have to change the name for those guys. Uh, they're not entirely wrong. Or no, or like we don't know what the philosopher's stone is. Right. Well, history is well. History has borne out the intelligence of the American populace, Glenn. So I think history is has shown. I've, history has shown those those uh, suited executives in the United Kingdom to be correct. I think that perhaps we are not as intelligent. <laughs> Uh, as we would like to believe. Uh, so yeah, that was great. Mark Hamill, we've, we mentioned it right at the top, but his he got one little scene, but it was awesome. It and was just great. The best part is after he's been arrested and Barry starts talking to Jay Garrick, you can still hear him off in the background being dragged away and still talking. It's, oh, he's, it, he was, it was such a great little appearance. Uh, I wish, I wish he would show up. He should show up more often because he's he's great. But clearly, he shows up once a year. That's, that's yeah. Okay. He's busy with that. His side that doesn't count though. He has to show up later on as yeah. He's busy with his little side projects that he's doing. Glenn. Yeah, that side project of his getting in the way of the real work. Yeah, real important stuff. <laughs> uh, so, what would you give uh, the present? Uh, I give it like a four and a quarter. Uh, yeah, I gave that's right about what I get. I gave this one a four, a solid four, a good episode. Uh, they didn't, they did not give us a uh, a cliffhanger ending here or anything like that. Not, not really. And uh, they they just ended it with uh, that sappy scene with Barry and Iris in the apartment where he starts saying something sappy and she interrupts him uh, <laughs> with a kiss, which is also sappy now because. A long time ago, people realized that the sappy speech was too sappy, so they would start the sappy speech, and then somebody would kiss them in the middle, recognizing what they were about to do, and were like, we bought no her a house. Words. Yes. Oh, yeah. Great stuff. Good stuff. And they're, they're handling it so well. Uh, let's talk about uh, a relationship that was... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think uh, Oliver kind of just... This was a Freudian slip on, on his part here. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about it. Uh, the mid-season finale of Arrow, season five, episode nine, What We Leave Behind. We had a deal. I get to be there when you take him down. I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to make him wish he was dead. Prometheus knows who we all are. He knows that I'm the Green Arrow. I know everything. Who you love, who you trust, who you've hurt. Evelyn, why? This city needs to be saved from you. Uh, we start 
with Prometheus obtaining further intel about the team from Evelyn. He then attacks and hospitalizes Curtis, injecting him with a TB vaccine developed by Justin Claiborne, a corrupt pharmaceutical manufacturer named on Oliver's former kill list. Flashbacks show that Oliver killed Claiborne after discovering that he had financed a TB epidemic, then raised the price on his drug to boost company profits. When the team tracks down Prometheus, Evelyn reveals her true allegiance and escapes with Prometheus. Investigating Prometheus on his own, Billy sends information he discovers to Felicity just before he is captured. The information turns out to be about Claiborne's illegitimate son, who may now be seeking retribution. Oliver deduces that Prometheus is at Claiborne's former office uh, and goes there on his own. He finds that Prometheus has staged it to resemble Oliver's prior attack. Oliver kills Prometheus, only to discover that he has actually killed a gagged and bound uh, Billy whom the real Prometheus set up as himself to trick Oliver. Curtis's husband, Paul, leaves him after discovering Curtis as a vigilante. Felicity mourns Billy's death. Diggle is recaptured, and Oliver finds Laura Lance alive and well inside the Arrow Cave. Wait, what? You didn't you missed that part? Uh I I only saw up until Billy getting killed. Oh, so you missed all of that stuff at the end? <laughs> I missed all that. I, yeah, I did. I, um... Yeah, so Curtis... So I, did you see I the part did, where, uh, where Curtis reveals that, that Paul left him? Yeah, I saw... He's, okay. he's like, you know, coming down, and he's like... He just just... Well, he was like, oh, it wasn't a choice. It gotta be true to me. And she's like, oh my god, uh, yeah, Paul, uh, my boyfriend said that to me. Like, you know, she had that epiphany moment. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I saw where he shot Malone in the chest. Yeah, Diggle, and then, Diggle gets. I thought so, it just ended. So no, That's Diggle. The last thing I saw. So no, Diggle got recaptured. Okay. Because um, of course he was broken out of prison by Ollie, and uh, and then at the end, Oliver is after all of this craziness happens. Oliver goes into the Arrow Cave, and there is a woman standing there, and she turns around, and it is Laurel Lance. So that is the the cliffhanger. So you missed on, you missed out on that part. But uh, what did you what did you think of the episode in general? No, I knew Laura wasn't dead. Clearly, because they spent so much time telling us that she was. Well, we talked about it when it happened. Yeah. Like obviously, you're not gonna like not let us hear what that last moment is. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they're gonna try and spin this in the whole Oliver Queen's the smart. And he surmised all this was going to happen. He was a step ahead of everybody. And those were blunted arrows that you would use in a magic show. Yeah. Like, they're, they're going to retcon this shit. Uh, no, I... <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm not going to have that high of a score on it since I, I didn't realize what happened in the last five minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I really thought... I, I must have just... Saw it was a commercial. I may have just gone to commercial and just assumed it was the end, and probably ah. this was all right. I need to move on to this one mm-hmm. on the DC. That must have been what happened. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. So you missed a big twist at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But <laughs> you were telling me, and I'm like, why is he making all of this up? Uh, 
No, I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, there were things... I really did like the fight with him and Prometheus, you know. I thought it was odd that he kind of stood there and was like... <gasps> They he did they did the Michael Bay shot, but like in a smaller way. You know, Michael Bay always yes. does things fly over the person's head. Yes, usually involves cleavage. Um, but well, apparently yeah, we were apparently we were supposed to pick up on the fact that that was a move that he learned in his training in in Russia or something. I just thought he blew a huge opening to punch him in the dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was supposed to be our cue, which I did not get right away, but it was. This idea that Prometheus was obsessed with um, Ju- Justin Claiborne's illegitimate son was obsessed with getting revenge on Oliver for killing his father, and he went to all of these lengths, including like going to where Oliver went to like learn how to fight like Oliver. I mean, I thought it was cool that he like recreated the yeah scene. He, he killed uh, people just so he could father. yeah he killed people just so he could like lay them out uh, in the way that Oliver did, in the, and I like that they. They touched back on on this. Yeah, uh, he was a murdering psychopath. The first two seasons that we loved him. Yes, and I mean, you know, so like Evelyn joining with Prometheus like makes perfect sense because, you know, they're like, no, you're the one who's failed the city. You're an insane psychopath, murdering asshole, and you know. So you're does not the really whole team hero. leave him as well, or just her? It's just her. Okay. Uh, and they believe actually they they're like no I don't think she was bad from the get go like they don't think things changed until yeah, yeah, she found yeah. out and and that makes sense too because you can see a noticeable change in how she's kind of acting or whatever but um, yeah I like the scene I like the scene with Curtis and and Paul outside of the uh, the gala or whatever it was where Prometheus attacks Curtis because you can tell that Paul's like. Uh, he thinks Curtis is already lying to him, but he thinks that it's because Curtis is cheating on him. Yeah, thanks for letting me know, Rory. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who's Rory? Uh, yeah, so that that was great. But he's like, Prometheus shows up and he's just like, run! And then he starts fighting with him. And Paul's just staring like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, that was all That was all great. I liked, I liked all of that stuff. Um, I also like that there was these consequences, too, that... Uh, his husband is just like, uh, no, look, this is this is too dangerous, and I don't want to be caught up in this. I'm not. Paul is not an idiot. He knows that if your significant other is a superhero or a vigilante, people will go after you. So he's like, hey, man, it's 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 this thing or it's me. And Curtis, I'm not sure whether this is a good thing or not. Decided to stay being a, a vigilante. Yeah, not too terrific, huh? He decided to he decided to be the sixth starter on the team, rather <laughs> than have be a six man. There's an award for that. Yeah, I mean, well, in the, in the NBA perhaps, but not in Major League Baseball. Uh, so yeah, he's he's like the, you know, he's like the the quadruple A starter, as they we like to to mock the the subpar. The, the long pitchers. middle relief guy. Yeah, he's that's what that's what Curtis decided to be. He's the long middle relief coming out of the bullpen for this team. But he could have had happiness with a husband who loves him. And he's like, nah, I think I'll just be this background character. I don't know how I feel about that, but um, yeah. So I I liked that. Uh, I really liked the twist that Prometheus pulled a a, a fucking V for Vendetta where he dressed up uh, what's his face Billy. Went to don't all this. Shoot, don't shoot! Oh, sorry. Yeah, went to went to all this trouble, and Oliver. I mean, Oliver did what he should have done in that situation. There's no reason for him to expect. Tag him and bag him, boys. That's right. No reason to expect that this is what's going to happen. 
Uh, I hope there are some, you know, I so should know So does she better. know that Oliver killed him? Felicity? Yes. Okay, so he did and say... Oliver, and Oliver was... Your boyfriend? And Oliver was very broken up about it. Um, in fact, he told everybody... Because the whole like, the whole thing is, like, Prometheus is trying to tell him that anybody who's ever close to him ends up dead. Yeah. Uh, and Oliver's like, maybe everybody should just leave. Go away. Like, this is... It's not safe. He's... Oh, man. He's right. Oh, we've never seen that before on Arrow. <laughs> yes. Except, except all of these idiots were like, no, we'll stick by you. Even Felicity, she's not mad that he killed her. Uh, I mean, no. it could be worse. He could have, you know, nuked her entire family and, you know, no, <laughs> no existence. Well, you're lowering my score here by the moment, actually, Glenn. Uh, I had a pretty decent score for this, and it's being dragged I mean, down. look. No, I, she she immediately recognized... her to use actual logic... Is with is against her character. Yeah, if she, she was... can forgive him for murdering her boyfriend unknowingly, right. but not forgive him right. for well, not telling her about a son that he just found out about and is trying to mentally comprehend it on his own. Yeah. Then... Uh, so here's here's the thing with her. She she did do the logical thing, but she did it quicker than any other human would. Any other human in this situation would have been. They would have been in a in a rage of grief. Or just did what Diggle did in the last in the the flashpoint stuff. It's like I don't know, man. I just I, I don't know if anything's gonna be cool between us, but I you know I just gotta walk away, you know. Yeah, she was very upset, but then very quickly came to the proper realization that this isn't your fault. This is Prometheus's fault, and which is true. That Oliver was set up and he had no way of knowing and it was near him. That sort of thing. So Oliver... Well, maybe that's why you don't aim to kill Oliver. Yeah. Perhaps not. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about this episode? No, I don't... We don't need to talk about... I don't need to keep talking about things I didn't actually watch. Apparently. <laughs> uh, well, based on That's the... crazy. I can't believe I missed that whole thing. The, uh, well, based on the 43, the 42 minutes you did see of this episode, what would you give uh, What We Leave Behind? Uh, I mean, it was like three and a half. Like, there were, I, I thought I really liked the whole Prometheus setup. Even the flashbacks served a purpose, even though they mm-hmm. didn't scare that they're, I guess now they're just kind of taking leniency with how they do the flashbacks now since they realize they're broken. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a solid speedweed joint. Was this a speedweed? I don't think this yeah. was. It was speedweed. Well, I mean, he's like a producer or whatever on the show now. Yeah. So, uh, I gave it three and three quarters. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, uh, all things considered. And the the twist at the end had me had me interested. So I'm curious to see where they go. But uh, you know, the show's track record has been pretty bumpy. So yeah, as long as we get Laurel back in the fold as a love interest, so it's gonna they. Dude, they mention anything with the reporter that he's kind of dating? Yeah, the weird that they had a couple of scenes with her, right? But I didn't even realize who that was. Yeah, no, and I've, been, and I've watched the, and I've watched this show every week, and no, they don't touch on it any further. Um, I watch the show every week, Glenn. I'm pretty sure I do. And there's a scene where with Oliver and this woman, and they're talking, and then they kiss. I had no idea who this woman was at all. I'm like, who is this? Are they in a, Did they just get in a relationship now? What is happening here? Are, are you telling me this is a character who's been on the show prior to this episode? 
Yeah, a few times. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, apparently she's not a very big focus because this is the first I, re- I recall ever seeing her. And it's weird hearing a hotter chick call the other one super hot reporter. Right. <laughs> the season two mid-season finale of Legends of Tomorrow called The Chicago Way. Mr. Capone, we'd like to offer our services. Capone becomes the mayor? Welcome to Chicago, Mr. Ness. You want to nail Capone and Rex's killer? We do this my way, like a criminal. They're ready for some action. Get them, boys! I'm here to set you straight. Uh, that is how it's pronounced, right? Ch- Chicago? Chicago. The Bears? Uh, yeah. so, uh, in the field, Dicka driving a bus, yeah, Dicka, Dicka, doubles. Uh, so, Eobard Thawne and Damien DeHark, uh, arrive in 1927 Chicago. I thought you were gonna try and do this whole first bit with the Chicago accent. No, and return, and they, they meet an Al Capone who, in the proper light and on the proper angle, kind of resembles Al Capone. Uh, in other ways... It's not like Robert De Niro looked like Al Capone. <laughs> um, and then Thon and Dark introduce uh, another co-conspirator that has joined them, Malcolm Merlin. And apparently it's never... I don't think it's ever actually... Uh, I don't think it's ever actually mentioned how he, en- he ended up with them. Because it's not Malcolm Merlin. It's not like he's lived a long time. It's Malcolm Merlin from the present time. And he's just now with them in Chicago, 1927, for some reason. And they brought him into the fold. Yeah. Uh, so learning of the aberration... This is ambulance. Uh, the legends arrive to manage to keep Capone from murdering Elliot Ness. Uh, Ness still becomes critically injured, so the team decides to obtain vital information on Capone's operation to secure history. Meanwhile, Mick begins having hallucinations of Leonard Snart, who belittles him for acting like his teammates. Sarah and Martin are abducted by Thawne during their infiltration and raid on Capone's club. Malcolm offers Sarah a chance to change her past and return the and turn for the amulet that she took from Damien Dark in 1987, but she refuses. The team rescues the captives, but Martin turns out to be a disguised Thawne who searches the wave rider at super speed for the amulet while Malcolm attacks the ship directly with Al Capone's goons. Thawne barely escapes revenge at Amaya's hand, but Sarah surrenders the amulet in order uh, in exchange for Martin's safety. The legends succeed in correcting the timeline. Thawne later shows his partners that the completed amulet projects a holographic map that can locate the Spear of Destiny, Glenn, a.k.a. the Holy Lance. Uh, it's got a lot of names. Uh, yeah, it's got a shitload of them. Uh, which is able to apparently rewrite reality itself all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, I did not know that was one of its powers. but No, you know. but now now we know it is. And they must next locate Rip Hunter. And it is revealed to us that Rip is working as a movie director in 1967 Los Angeles. Now, 
Glenn, before you give me your thoughts on this, I think it is readily apparent that Rip Hunter, whatever has happened to him, he does not realize that he's Rip Hunter. I don't think. I think there's, like, remnants of Rip Hunter in his head, which is why he appears to be a movie director with an American accent, but he appears to be directing a movie that looks similar to the actual DC Legends television show. Uh, so I think that that might be what's happening here, or he's just doing a very bad job of hiding from from time people. But uh, uh, It's probably is similar to what happened in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. But instead of him making pastries of all these cute animals, he um, is making movies about these escapades that he had. Yes. Uh, so what did you think of the episode? I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't care how many times they do it, but the fact that they kept going to the dock to save someone from getting cement blocks put on their feet. <laughs> Al Capone talking about how they were going to swim with the fishes. Yeah. It just wasn't going to get old. I, I didn't care. Um, I also love the untouchables. And it, I don't know. It was just... This was just it was so it was just fun. I mean, it was 1920s gangsters. Yep. Prohibition. Speakeasies. The 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 plan was made by Mick Rory. Mick Rory's getting super drunk all the time, and he's talking to an imaginary figure of Captain Cold, and Captain Cold's telling him how like, yeah, sacrificing for your <laughs> sacrificing yourself for your that friends. worked out real well for yeah, me. It's, it's not as cool as it sounds. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it just, <laughs> it was just great. Um, I Am- just... Amaya completely fell for him. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She stole some booze for him. It's like, oh, yeah, kiss on the cheek, some cheap booze. I hope it's worth it. And Mick Rory obviously came to the realization that he really likes her because he was arguing with Snart, but it's really all in his head, so he's just arguing with himself. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's more than that she's just pretty or whatever. It's like, you know, this is my friend, and she's the only real friend I've had. Like, this is Mick uh, yeah, realizing all of this. blew stuff. yourself up. Yeah. You blew yourself up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is all great. Uh, <laughs> I love how they're in the middle of all of this crazy shit at the end. They're being... Thawne is running wild on the Wave Rider. There's goons everywhere. Malcolm Merlin's on board. And Amaya just looks at him and she's like, how would a criminal handle this? And he goes, Run. Yeah, just grab your shit and run away. He acts like he's gonna steal all this stuff, and he's like, "Hey, I stole that square, fair square." Yep. <laughs> he's like, "It's not in there," and it was just a trap. Like, yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's awesome. And <laughs> whenever he jumps in the car and he tells her, "Like, all right, we gotta, we're gonna leave." He's like, "What about Palmer?" And uh, I'm just gonna call him Steel because I don't even care what his real Havenwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we'll just leave him, and they're just standing outside of the truck, like, "Oh, we can hear you." He goes. Uh, hop in the back, like it's just... when he had to pretend to be Elliot Ness, and he called Ray Palmer his the name he made up for Palmer. Wasn't it Bobby De Niro or something? It's my friend Bobby De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> Got a, a good. Laugh yeah, they like me. you know they're like becoming <laughs> brothers and stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they did, they did a good job of like they trying to that... figure out who fits with who, and now they're pairing them off. You know what I mean? They did that bit with that with uh, with those two and Sarah Lance, where Sarah Lance is clearly like they're two teenage boys being idiots, yeah. and she's like, "Don't make me turn this time ship around, uh, you two rapscallions!" And yeah, they're like, "You know, let me the last keep my eye on you." Yeah. What are y'all doing? We're sparring. <laughs> the last time you sparred, you blew a hole in my cargo bay. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're literally they're literally brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I. I like the. I really like this show. This is a really good episode. What did you think of the the twist of of, of Rip at the end? Then, uh, I, I mean, at first it was kind of like, oh, it's weird. And then whenever he like had the American accent and stuff, and then like you were just talking like how we were talking about, I just I kind of appreciated that much more. Like if it really is just he's trying to process these memories and they're just ideas coming to him that he starts making these big fantastical movies about. Yeah, totally worth it. Uh, so the Spear of Destiny... It's a clever way of handling it, and how they're going to discover him is because he's making all these sci-fi movies. Like, I, I laugh that they're not even, like, super successful. Like, he's, in a way, um, Ed Wood of sorts. You know, this is, you know, going into the 70s, or, this is like, or, or even if, like, his show becomes, like, Star Wars before Star Wars, like, that would be, that'd be really funny. Um, so in modern, in modern mythology... The spear of power, the spear of destiny, or whatever it is, can give humans superhuman powers. So, uh, Trevor Ravencroft's 1973 book about the spear of destiny uh, claims that Adolf Hitler started World War II in order to capture the spear, with which he was obsessed. At the end of the war, the spear came into the hands of a U.S. general named George S. Patton, according to legend. Losing the spear would result in death. And that was fulfilled when Hitler committed suicide and Patton died in a car accident in an army camp. Ravenscroft repeatedly attempted to define the mysterious powers that the legend says the spear serves. He found it to be hostile and evil, which he sometimes, uh, he sometimes referred to the device as the Antichrist itself, though that is open to interpretation. No kidding! Uh, he never actually referred to the spear as spiritually controlled, but rather as intertwined with all of mankind's ambitions. That's amazing. You just use a spear to, to pierce a guy's side, and uh, now apparently it can mess with reality. It's the reality gem of, of DC, Glenn. But it's a spear from ancient times. Has this been a thing that's occurred in the comics the Spear of Destiny, is this a thing that exists in the comics? Uh, yeah, I'm sure, well, I'm sure it does, because in DC Comics, they, they do acknowledge there is monotheism, so, and they tend to kind of play around with that. Um, yeah, okay, so there is the, so there is the, in fact, in fact, here's a, here's a comic book panel with Adolf Hitler holding the spear in his hand from a DC awesome. book. So, uh, yeah, it's totally a thing. Does it say what it can do? Um, yeah, it just says, the, according to this, it just says the spear holds supernatural powers, which allows the processor to control the minds. In, in the comic books, it allows you to control the minds of superpowered beings. Uh, so, yeah. So it's like the Mind Stone. Or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that. Its list of previous owners include the Sentinels of Magic, Gaius Cassius, Adolf Hitler, the Dragon King, and the Macho Man Vandal Savage. That's what's up. So th there you go. So we'll we'll hear more about this. Apparently, in the uh, the Berlanti verse, uh, it can it can fuck with 
uh, reality, supposedly. Uh, so what would you give the Chicago Way, Glenn? Um, how many gonna, how many sausages out of five? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to hold off on it. I want to say five, but I'll say <coughs> four four and three quarters. Okay, yeah, I gave this one four and a half sausages for sure. This was uh, this was great. I I liked I I mean I too um I like the Elliot Ness Untouchables Al Capone stuff. Uh, that was all that was all great. Uh. Sarah Lance is a cigarette girl, like all of that stuff was I, I just liked all of that. The the scene in the speakeasy where they're like, Oh, you just have to know how to ask for the real stuff. <laughs> and Stein goes Stein looks at him, he's just like, Hey, I'd like a club soda. And dude just brings him a club soda. He's shit. He brought me a club soda. Uh so yeah, I I really like this episode. Uh two thumbs way up I'll be excited when uh, they return in fact I'm even looking forward to Arrow Glenn which I was I haven't been able to say in a while so Laurel back in the fold yeah that will be that will be an improvement uh, I don't have episode titles for the I only have episode titles for the next for two out of the three shows so I'm not gonna bother uh, since there are no new episode titles listed for the flash I wonder if maybe some of those episode titles might give things away so they don't want to uh, to reveal Yeah, they don't them, want to call it Gorilla Grodd. There's, there's going to be Grodd, I know that. I know there's a Grodd episode in this season. So, oh yeah? How do you know that? Uh, well, I know it because Kevin Smith kind of blurted it out when talking about uh, the show. Was that the one he, does he get to direct that one? No, he does not, I don't think. But uh, So yeah, uh, that's it for this episode, head on over to cinemageekly.com and you can check out the entire back catalog of Flashing Arrow, along with all the other shows we produce as well. And of course, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Flashing Arrow and hit subscribe. All right, that's it for the year 2016 for the Flashing Arrow podcast. Glenn and I will return uh, near the end of January 2017 when we will have a brand new president and if we are still around as a country we will come back to record a brand new episode of the legendary flashing arrows of tomorrow <laughs>